All right. Do you consider yourself an optimist? And if, if you're um, an optimist, do you, do you, uh, like what, like, or would you say you're a cautious optimist or? So, no, it's funny that you ask or, or, or use that term because if you looked at my list of topics on my phone, uh-huh. cautiously optimistic is on there as a topic because, <laughs> because I I've learned your to, what's that? I said I hacked your phone. <laughs> right. I've um, learned to dislike that term because it just means you're pessimistic and you're putting yeah. a positive spin on it. So right. I think I I'm, I am optimistic uh, in a case-by-case basis. I'm pessimistic in a case-by-case basis. So, I mean, I try to kind of weigh things as they are and... Yeah. Well, Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I ask because I saw, I, I saw the most optimistic person in the world today in the, in the Meyer parking lot. Mm -hmm. This guy, I, I get out of the car and I see this guy, um, going to his car. And he's putting groceries in and he, and he's looking like um, towards me and I'm parked right next to the cart corral mm-hmm. and I'm in my car because I, I have to send a text before I go into the store and I see this guy just like looking at me and I'm like, what the hell is he looking at? And then I figure out he's not looking at me. He's looking at the cart corral. Mm-hmm. And then I watch the guy walk over to the cart corral and reach into one of the carts that are, that are there and he pulls out two scratch off lottery tickets okay out of the cart corral and he's looking at them mm-hmm. and then he tears them up and and throws them back into the cart <laughs> and and i just thought he's an optimistic litterer well, he, he, he had, he has to be absolutely optimistic to think that those are going to be winning tickets and somebody just left them behind in a cart, <laughs> you know, like somebody obviously got those inside the store right. and scratched them off. And so he had to think that somebody was so irresponsible mm-hmm. or, you know, just did not care enough about money at all to to be conscientious enough to hold on to their lottery tickets. Like, right. Well, I mean, I think in that case, I think, I think he made a a, a smart move because I think he's basing, basing it on history. I mean, because we've all heard, heard stories of a like random lottery ticket being thrown away accidentally. And, so yeah, I think that's yeah probably the wise move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I guess it, it's it's kind of akin to. I mean, people don't do this anymore, but the the people who like you know check pay phones for change, <laughs> or like gumball machines for change or right. whatever. Like, mm-hmm. there's not going to be anything in there, but right. you know, there's no harm in checking. I guess. Right. When we would head to the arcade, we would check the 
machines, like hoping, hoping a random quarter was in there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you would, you would get lucky, like one out of every, you know, 500 machines you <laughs> checked or something. Right. Once every three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you did, you're like, this is the best. Right. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> when you were telling that story, I kind of expected that he was going to like walk towards you and break out this uh, accordion, this like pocket accordion and start <laughs> like singing some fucking happy song. <laughs> pocket accordion yeah <laughs> is that a thing or is that a, is that a euphemism <laughs> uh, yeah. is that a pocket accordion or are you just happy to see me <laughs> that's awesome no he he did not do that he uh in you know i wish i could have i didn't really like pay attention to him after you know I, I wasn't looking at his face when he looked at that lottery ticket i wish i would have been though so i could see you know whether the disappointment registered on his face or not you know right i just kind of watched as he as he um threw it back into the cart but um speaking of uh video games and changing things i think i might have told this story already did i tell the story about the kid who who uh, took his quarters back when the chain, when the video game opened? I don't know. I don't. I, so this kid that we went to high school with mm -hmm. was on a field trip in Indianapolis, mm -hmm. and he put um, he put money into a video game. Okay. And the video game took his money. All right. Took like two quarters, and he got mad, and he hit the like video game, the like change part. Mm -hmm. And when he hit it, the door opened and like this big pile of quarters fell out of the video game. <laughs> wow. And he grabbed his two quarters and walked away and left the rest of it there. And everybody else was grabbing change. Look at that. I like that. <laughs> so like what, you know, what an upstanding citizen that he just grabbed the, grabbed the change from the. That's all he wanted. Yep. And, and, you know, he deserved it. You know, right. he, he put his two quarters in, damn it. Get him back. Um, did you see the bad news about Wilford Brimley? Yeah, that was actually a topic I wanted to bring up. And, and, um, <clears throat> I think he might've really lived cocoon. Like I thought he was, <laughs> when he was in the firm that's i that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah like i remember he was in this mid-80s show called our house with shannon doherty oh, that i watched yeah. when i was a kid yeah and i thought he was in his like 70s then yeah you know? yeah i mean and, all the all the like oatmeal commercials and the yeah sure and shit like like fucking turns out like it was only in his like late 40s or early 50s like yeah yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I mean, he he must have um, he must have just always looked kind of old, you know, mm -hmm. like he must have just had that. Maybe it's the mustache or mustache and balding hair. But 
Yeah. And the white hair and the balding and the white mustache. Like, yeah, he just. Did you ever look him up when he was like 25? No. Have you? No. Let's let's do do it now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. It, It. He probably looks. Yeah, I mean. Even even when even the young Wilfred Brimley, like he ain't that young. Yeah. Like they're they're just showing him like that's not that's Teddy Roosevelt in that one picture. That's not yeah. Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, um, there's there's yeah, like he's in this show. I don't know. He, he has like overalls on and he's like he looks like he's fifty five there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't start acting until late. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Let's see. What year is his first credit? Yeah, his, his first credit is 1969, a minor role in True Grit. Right. So he was 35 when he started acting. Man, what the hell did he do before that? Uh, Wasn't I'm, he like in his late 40s when he was in The Natural? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I forgot like, he was even in The Natural. Yeah, like he was... One of the old managers, like he was an old yeah, and he seemed old then. Yeah, he w- he would have been forty nine. Okay, when he was in the natural, or yeah, forty eight, forty nine. He would have yeah, and you're right. In that movie, he played like this this old like you know grizzled like baseball manager. Right. Well, and he's he's also like. I'm sorry to say that there there have been like three or four times in the last five or six years that I've looked up to see if Wilford Brimley is still alive or not. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it just seems so like impossible that he's still alive. There are like famous people that you look up, like Betty White. I mean, if you right. wouldn't know, you look her. He's around. I looked up. Angela Lansbury earlier. Oh yeah, hanging around. I I thought she passed away a while ago, but no, she's still. And I always I always forget that Dick Van Dyke is still alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, (laughs) I would have thought he passed away like twenty years ago. Right. Yeah. And I I always get him confused with um, Andy Griffith. Okay. And I know Andy Griffith is dead. But sometimes I like when I think about Dick Van Dyke, I'm like, oh, no, I remember him dying a few years ago. And then it's then I oh no, that was that was just Andy Griffith. So long live Dick Van Dyke, who I think he's actually saw him on the cover of some magazine at the store today. I think he's like 94 or something. Right. Um, Wow. He's uh, whoa. He's Dick. You're. Wife is fucking 49 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know he's got like a really young wife. Yeah. Yeah. How, let's see. Yeah. Arlene Silver. They got married in 2012. Yeah. 46 year age gap. Right. I, like, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, 46. So she's what, 48. So eight years ago, she was 40. She probably thought she was going to marry him and be with him a couple years and then inherit everything. Yeah. 
Right. And now, you know, he's just sticking around. Man. Do you think that pisses her off? Like, <laughs> that's the fact? Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to... <laughs> I hate to be coarse or something, but like it, I don't know if she, if she really loves him, then I'm sure she's happy about it. But I'm those, when you have those wide age gaps, huh? Well, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you what, like every picture that I pull up with those two, he fucking looks like he, he he's on some, like he's like statically <laughs> happy he's like yeah look at this shit look at what i'm doing at <laughs> 90 like yeah. it, like he has the biggest smile in every hey awesome uh, yeah good for him but i mean yeah he's looks like he's in pretty good shape for 94 yeah yeah, but I mean, just to put that in perspective, that's like us marrying somebody who's going to be born in four years. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's a long time. I mean, but the people listening out there, look up Dick Van Dyke and his <laughs> wife, and you're going to like, he looks like he just did a bunch of lines of cocaine. <laughs> really really ecstatic <laughs> yeah so i don't know if he's like like really happy to be alive still at that age or to be banging this lady that's ha- half his age yeah <clears throat> that's cool. um, i like it wait here here's a story about how they met i gotta see how they met um, oh, I don't want to read this whole thing. All right. Well, there's a story about how they met, but I'm not going to get go all the way through it. Um, all right. Well, oh, you said <laughs> we haven't mentioned cocaine for a while. So thanks for bringing it up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can't go too long without mentioning it. No, um, I saw I was at the store today uh-huh. and I saw this guy wearing a T-shirt and he was he was the like most unassuming. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that this guy would be wearing a T-shirt like this. You, you would guess that he's probably, you know, he, he looks like he was probably almost 50. Um, kind of a nerdy looking heavy guy who looks like maybe he he plays video games in his parents basement like for the last 30 years right and um i saw he was wearing a black t-shirt and i saw that it said something on it and so i was like kind of squinting to see what it was saying as it was coming as he was coming towards me and when i saw it i was like oh my god on the t-shirt it said i'd rather be snorting cocaine out of a hooker's ass <laughs> God, that's great. <laughs> Which, truth of the statement aside, like whether that's actually what he would actually, you know, rather be doing, right? The nerve or gumption or courage or idiocy or whatever it is to wear a shirt like that in public, right? Like, 
he he's in a grocery store. He had to go up and pay for his groceries mm-hmm. and have some cashier <clears throat> read that on his shirt as he's <laughs> paying for his groceries. Right. And th- that's the beauty of uh, of the humorous T-shirt. I mean, you mm-hmm. like wear it and you're wanting people to laugh or maybe that's your statement. Maybe he really would rather be. I like it be it's kind of a change up from I'd rather be fishing or <laughs> rather be walking my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, you know, really to me it what it says is that guy just has bad judgment. Like, you know, either either that or that guy really just does not give a fuck. And right. he's, he just right. wants to wear crazy shit to wear crazy <laughs> shit. Um or or he's obsessed with Wolf of Wall Street where that takes place quite often did you ever see that movie no Uh, no i for some reason i watched the first like 15 minutes of it yeah and i think and i think that takes place in the first 15 minutes right i don't know what because i watched the whole like scene where it's like talk about like penny stocks and all yeah that shit. and i can't remember if i thought well this is a long movie it's late i don't want to get into it or i don't know why yeah i don't know it, well i it, well, okay i'll tell you why it was a fucking movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and it is long i mean i think it's I don't know if it's three hours or just over three hours or what, but it's a long one for sure. I've heard it's awesome. I should watch it. So. Yeah, it is. It is really good. It's, but I'd rather uh, be snorting coke out of a hooker's ass. <laughs> <laughs> this says it's exactly three hours. I thought it was actually a little bit over three three hours, but um, yeah, it's it it is really good, and Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio is just awesome. Um, Did you like get that vibe when he when he was on Growing Pains? I you know I didn't think he was awesome. I I, I remember watching him on Growing Pains and thinking, man, he's he's cool. Mm-hmm. He just seemed. I didn't think he was going to be like, you know a legitimate actor his whole life. I thought, you know, here's another dude that's going to be on, you know, tiger beat or teen beat or whatever the hell the name of the magazine was. And like, you know, a nineties heartthrob guy or late eighties heartthrob guy, whatever he was. But like, I think I, I got, I got sold after I saw, um, Gilbert, Gilbert grape. Oh yeah. 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 What's eating Gilbert grape. Yeah. And, um, I did, what did I, oh, that movie Inception okay. that he did in like 2010. I mean, he was already established by then. He was the star of that movie. But I remember watching that, and that was a long one too, two hours and 28 minutes. And I started it at like one in the morning thinking I would just watch the beginning of it. And mm-hmm. I was just so enthralled with it. I watched the whole damn thing. Oh, wow. And it was it was so good. But yeah, I mean, he was in Catch Me If You Can, which was good. And of course, you know, he was in Titanic. I never did. In The Departed was awesome. I still haven't seen The Revenant. And oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which of course I loved. I mentioned a while ago. Django, but, Unchained. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen that either. Um, the, oh, oh, t-shirts. That's what I was going to say. Um, the, I saw this t-shirt last week that didn't take as much guts to wear, but I thought, I still thought it was funny. This dad was wearing a shirt that said, you know, instead of world's best golfer, Mm -hmm. it said world's okayest golfer. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that dude's a truth teller. Way to go, dude. Don't, don't set your expectations too high. Right. I'm just okay. Um, all right. Speaking of eighties and, or not eighties, but nineties popularity, when was the last time you listened to a, to a Fiona Apple song? Um, to be honest, like f- four days ago. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have like maybe 10 of her songs on my iPod and um, um, Criminal came on. I, I just listened to that today. Okay. But- I, I've been, you know, I always listen to the WTF podcast and, um, she was on, I came to the episode today that she was on in 2012. Okay. So I was listening to that and I, I had seen that she released a new album last month or okay. a couple months ago. And I was like, holy shit, Fiona Apple's still doing it. And yeah, she is, um, which her when she was on in 2012, she had just released an album. The The title of which is The Id- Idler Wheel is Wiser Than the Driver of the Screw and Whipping Cords Will Serve You More Than Ropes Will Ever Do. It's like uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of words. Yeah, a lot of words. <laughs> so it's been shortened to The Idler Wheel, which is how everybody knows it. But this new album is called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. And... Because I had because she was on uh, WTF and I had heard about this album, I was like, "All right, I'm going to listen to it." Kind of thinking like, "Eh, you know, I don't really want to, but I will." It is freaking fantastic. Yeah, I could not believe how much I loved it. Like, just from the beginning, like the very first song, and is just like fantastic. And then like the first. Uh, five, the first six songs are really good. And then it seems to lose steam a little bit at the end. Although a couple, a couple of the, like the 10th and 11th song, I really like too. But the first six songs are just like, holy cow, so good. Hmm. And, um, and she's, I mean, she just is the melody that she's writing. the, The melodies that she's writing are just fantastic. I mean, She's singing this stuff like, you know, I have no idea how you even, because it's always amazing to me when people use a lot of words and are able to create a melody out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's not just like a short, punchy melody, like, like the band Dawes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, those are very wordy songs, but they're very like easy to sing along to, too. And it, to me, that's just a unique talent to be able to like cram that much into a song, you know, and 
not have just short phrases, but kind of longer sentences and still make a melody out of it. I don't know. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but that just, <laughs> it, it, it just, it's just cool to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever, depending on how the person writes usually, I mean, it's not a hard and fast rule, but usually the music is first then you put the words on it afterwards. So, um, you know, whatever, I don't know. It's like whatever the song calls for. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's awesome because, you know, her primary instrument is the piano. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, other than Billy Joel and I mean, I guess arcade fire does a fair amount, not with a piano, but with keyboards. Um, like, are there a, who else uses a piano that we listen to? Um, I can't even think. Tori Amos. Oh yeah, Tori Amos. Elton John and. Oh yeah. Nick Cave and. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess there, I guess there are a few, but um, just, just and, and like on one of the songs, <laughs> like she's singing at the end, and it sounds like, like if 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 I just heard somebody singing like that, I would, I would be like, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't even sound good, but just in like the context of the song, it's awesome. And then she, like one song, she makes like music out of thunder. Like you hear thunder, but it's like musical thunder. And then in, in, in another song near the end, she like just throws in the sound of dogs barking. And again, it's like, how does this even make sense? But it just seems to work with the song somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard any recent music. She's somebody that I kind of forgot about to, or, or just kind of forgot to keep up with. And, um, yeah. Like, I probably unfairly lump her into, um, musicians that I kind of like grew out of, but she, right. mm-hmm. but the cool thing about her is um, what I've all like, I think she is, well, I, you're confirmed that just always creating. So I mean, right. probably nothing like what was 25 years ago. Like right music so so i should check her out again yeah i mean i you know i kind of discounted her too more just because like i i just assumed that she was more like a one-hit wonder you know or you know a one album wonder because she had shadow boxers an awesome song and criminal right. um but after that you know i didn't really know anything about her so i was shocked to even know to see to know that she was even putting anything out you know right. And then just to see that like it was getting rave reviews and it was supposedly pretty good. I was, it was pretty awesome. Um, but that gives me a, a good opportunity to tell my famous uh, Fiona Apple concert story. Do you remember this? Not very well. No. Okay. No, you'll, I... you'll, remember, you'll remember when I tell it. Okay. So I don't even, what year would that have been? 1997, I think, or that sounds right. 97, 98, 99, somewhere around there. Um, uh, I was kind of dating a girl who liked Fiona Apple. 
and she, so I bought tickets for us to go see Fiona Apple at the Vic, I think, in Chicago. And then uh, the girl and I like broke up or stopped whatever we were doing. And um, I still had the tickets. I hadn't given her the tickets. I still had them. But because she wasn't around anymore, I still liked Fiona Apple. But like the big, the big thing was going to be going to this concert with her. And then one night I see an SNL rerun and Fiona Apple is the musical guest. And I remember, oh shit, I have tickets to Fiona Apple. When is that? And I go to my room and I get the tickets and it's the concert had been that night. And I missed the concert. Oh, I <laughs> do not remem- remember. That. You don't remember that? No. I, I bought the tickets. It was a spur of the moment purchase. I think at the same time that I was buying. Um, oh, crap. We, we, bought, we bought tickets for something else at the same time. And I actually, we went to the Michigan City Carsons. Do you remember this? It, you, you you could buy tickets at, at Ticketmaster right, and Carson. Right, right, right. And we went to the Michigan City. You Carson. and I? You and I, I'm pretty sure you and I went on a Saturday morning. Okay. And we got some tickets. I can't remember what we got. It might have been Pearl Jam, but I don't think so. Um, no. Uh, I, I wish I could remember who it was, but well, you and I, I went. Know, hang on. A- actually, actually, when when we bought the tickets for the um the june alpine valley pearl jam shows in 98 uh-huh. um, i uh, i was at work actually oh were you yeah and you we, you might have went with maybe dave or rick or mike or somebody actually. yeah maybe i think maybe no i wasn't there because when you purchased them, you came into Al Al's and told me that you got them. I wonder if it was Mike then, because he went to that concert with us. Right. Maybe maybe I'll I'll ask I'll ask him about it. But um, because yeah, I didn't because I didn't have money mm-hmm. in like I I don't think I had a credit card at the time, or I didn't, right. or they didn't. I, I can't remember, but I remember I had to go to the bank. Mm-hmm. to get cash to go back to get these Fiona Apple tickets. Okay. And um and then yeah, it was an SNL rerun that she was on Man. and the the very night that I missed out <laughs> missed out on the concert. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. I wonder when she if it's easy to find when she was on SNL. Um Season 22, episode six, whenever that was. Um, 97, probably, right? Yeah. Uh, November 16th, 1996, right. Oh, 1996. So um, it would have been, you know, replayed in March, which is when it was. So it, so that wouldn't have been the Pearl Jam concert then. Yeah, no. Huh. Let's see. Let's okay. see. When, I think she was in Chicago, like March... I don't know. Oh, here, tour dates. 
Fiona Apple tour dates. See, this is the beauty of the internet. We can just pull all of this together and figure this shit out while we're broadcasting here. Um, so she was in Chicago. That's going the wrong way. 1998. Um, March. I think it was March. Maybe it wasn't. <clears throat> Allstate Arena. Oh, that was part of a big thing. There's a show March 97 at Park West. You know what? I think that was it. Yeah, Park West. That Now that you say that, that sounds familiar. What date was that? Uh, the 29th of March. March 29th, 1997 was a Saturday. Yep. Well, so it wouldn't have been Pearl Jam then. No. It, hmm. Maybe I was with you then. I, I don't know. I don't really. The only other concert I saw in 97. Oh, what? You know, I wonder if it was. Um, if it was. Um, was that Joel? Jamboree. Oh, Jamboree. Oh, Jamboree. Yes. That was in May of 1997. Yes. With Beck and Bush and the Boss Tones and the Cardigans and so yeah. Distortion and Republica, uh, Republica Erasure. Um, Man, what a lineup! That was in um, Jamiroquai. Yeah, Jamiroquai. Uh, yeah, that was mm. a really awesome show. It, the weather fucking sucked. Yeah, it did. And Bush, it was just Gavin Rossdale and one of the other jack offs in that band. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um uh Nigel. Okay. That the guys I think I think it, I Nigel and Gavin, how British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um they and it, it was supposed to be this is what didn't make any sense about that. It was they, they had advertised it as an unplugged set. Okay. But like it was good. It was at the World Music Theater, which is like, you know, 30,000 people or something. You're going to have an unplugged set on a lawn, you know, in an amphitheater. Like, how is that even going to work? <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder they plugged in and played like that. Right. Um, I think Beck closed the show, though. I think they probably knew that he was going to put on the better show. You want to know what? I don't think so. I he played at Sunset. That's right. Okay. I think it might have been Erasure. Actually, is that who was there? Erasure. Yeah. Moby, which I don't remember that. The Verve Pipe, Veruca Salt. I I do remember Veruca Salt. Man, I haven't listened to Veruca Salt forever. Why am I not listening to Veruca Salt? I don't know. I yeah. Well, you you're not a Veruca Salt fan. I I like there are three songs that <laughs> that have the same exact chord progressions, so <laughs> there's a familiarity to it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much more 90s than Veruca right, right. I mean, they were fun back in the 90s, but they actually um, hooked back up, I want to say, in 
maybe like two to five years ago and they oh, were really? on i watched it on youtube they were on um one of the late night shows and it fucking sounded horrible it just it, it's it's like one of the <clears throat> it sometimes like a band can do old songs and it sounds good like like if they do like 30 years afterwards on a late night show it still sounds cool but when a band does a song and their catalog is limited and that's what they're hanging on to there's a for me there's a little sadness yeah it's like oh okay you're hooking back up you're saying you're putting out this new album but then you're doing the same song that's very um dated yeah you, you just can't do it as well i mean it just doesn't sound as good yeah there was a uh, years ago i was watching um watch what happens live that andy cohen show mm-hmm and he had some 80s female duo who had a big song and i can't i'm blanking on who it was um hmm, i don't know i'm not going to try and figure it out cuz i really have no idea but i know i know the song or i know um i know i r- would recognize the song but it was from the 80s and they were on there you know like 2013 or something so like you know 28 years after the fact or something and still kind of dressing like they were in the eighties. And it just looked sad. And like they got up there and, and, you know, performed the song Mm -hmm. and, you know, it it wasn't, it's not like they had been building off of that for 20 years, you know, it was just like, okay, we're just going to keep doing this same damn song for 20 years and not do anything new, you know? Right. And I don't know. So, take the bangles who uh-huh. who are a great band actually when you listen to their back catalog and they're 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 a really really good band but most people would just know them for maybe like four or five songs and they know that and they still tour but for like some reason to me when they do eternal flame whether it's in like 2005 or 1994 or last year, like it still sounds awesome for like there. Yeah. It's kind of hypocritical, but they're like, there's something that they can, I guess because it sounds good still. Okay. So like if they did, uh, if they sounded like shit, like Veruca Salt did in that, clip i saw i probably would have that feeling so like when the breeders hooked hooked back up a couple years ago um um they did cannonball on one of these late night shows but i mean kim deal is kim deal and just can't suck so I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, and that's a very '90s song, but it sounded great. Yeah, yeah, that's um, I don't know that. Well, that actually brings me to one of the topics of 
that I have on my list of things to discuss is, um, and, and maybe this is, maybe this is, maybe it's, this isn't as prevalent as the, um, playlist in, in, inside Meyer would, would, <laughs> would have me think, but I keep hearing all of these 80 songs that are being remade. Okay. By like current bands. Okay. And I just keep one like, why the hell are so many people doing this? And like, I, I, I think we, I think we have Weezer to blame actually <laughs> because they redid that. Well, they've redone a lot of 80s songs. Yeah. But yeah, like that song Africa yeah. that they redid like last year or the year before, and it just like caught on and like got right. super huge or whatever. Right. And it just has led to like, I heard, um, Somebody okay. I I had mentioned to you before that I heard some pop group did "The Longest Time" by Billy Joel. Okay, and I knew like from the beginning that that wasn't Billy Joel doing it. Right, and I mean it gave me more appreciation for Billy Joel because like his version is awesome, and these guys just were not up to it. You know, right. like they they could not duplicate it. Right. I, but, um, and the other day I heard Broken Wings. <laughs> My fucking Mr. Mister. Okay, that's what I have written down. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was Mr. Mister. Yeah, it is Mr. Yeah. Mister. Yeah, and it totally was not the Mr. Mister version because right. not not like that's, you know, a freaking fantastic song. It's a fantastic 80s song. Like mm-hmm. if you're thinking of 80s music, Broken, it doesn't get much better than Broken Wings. But like... This current version, it was just like it, it sounded like somebody's karaoke version of it. Right. Like it just was not good. Right. I'm I am I am a huge fan of cover songs. And okay. And, and they're always out there are more out there than you know. Um Yeah. But like the cover songs, I I, I think I think they're awesome because maybe that that song they're covering is really really important to them for some reason or maybe some producer said hey i fucking know this guy and cover his song and he'll fucking pay you i don't know like but i like when they put twists on it or yeah i mean when there's no change i mean that's uh okay also it just gives a different perspective of, of this uh song um they're on um um on the av club it's this um thing on youtube i, I think it's part of the onion but it's okay. like, a, yeah. like a music thing and every every um year they do they bring bands in to do cover songs and they give them these crazy lists. Okay. And they have to choose from the list. And when you're in there earlier, you obviously get your own pick. And when you're one of the last bands, your, your choices are harder. And then you don't have a lot of time to, to like work it out, which actually makes it really awesome. It's a really cool concept, but 
there's so many um, awesome cover songs. Um, there's a great cover by um, of uh, Take On Me by A.C. Newman. It, oh, okay. Fucking awesome. Um, there's a great cover. Well, well, I like it. It's um, Yellow Brick Road by Keen. Um, okay. There's some, there's really kick-ass shit out there. And it kind of gives you an appreciation. But you are right. When there's a bad one, there's a bad, like, like it's just horrible. And, and you're just like, eh, that just might not be your song. Yeah. Well, I heard I was on uh, Amazon Music and I, I wanted to turn on, um, I was trying to seek out 80s hits. Mm-hmm. And um, I turned on this playlist and the first song to come on was Beat It. And the guy that was seeing it sounded close to Michael Jackson, but like you knew that it wasn't him. You know, it was somebody who was doing a very, very good impression of Michael Jackson. So like it wasn't even like you know, a cover. Cause like a cover, you're making it your own, you know, right. this guy was like doing an imitation, right. you know, and it just, it, it just didn't work. But, um, there's, you know, it, I, I trash covers. Now I'm going to, you know, talk about a couple of covers that I like, but, um, I saw this cover of the crowded house song. Don't dream it's over. Okay. By Eddie Vedder and Chris Martin. Okay. And it is awesome. Right. I mean, Eddie Vedder can cover anything and it's going to well, be awesome. Well, no, he, he, he does the shittiest version of, of girl from the North country. I fucking hate it. Oh, really? God, I hate it. <laughs> I don't think I've even heard that. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, and don't dream it's over. Like, you know, you wouldn't think that it would be, you know, it's it's a it's a cheesy 80s song kind mm-hmm. of. But the way that Eddie Vedder and Chris Martin do it, it's it's pretty awesome. And then, you know, the irony of of Pearl Jam is their their biggest selling single is a cover song. Right. Yep. You know, Last Kiss. Kiss. Right. So. I played Last Kiss, the original one by uh j frank j frank wilson Mm -hmm. for my kids the other day and they were not impressed (laughs) (laughs) not at all my son brian who's like the big pearl jam fan he's like they're messing up the lyrics i was like that's how the lyrics were originally written and then you see like you know the the genius of eddie vetter being able to just like switch things up a little bit you right. know like just right. place this word in front of this word instead and it sounds you know much better and completely different and much better so um yeah there there are good ones oh, yeah. um there is an awesome um uh saint vincent and and back do an awesome version of of uh never tear us apart by in excess Oh man, I'll have to check that that out. Really, really good. Yeah. And, uh, was it, was it, it might've been St. Vincent who just did the, um, I don't think it was St. Vincent, the, the sublime song. Um, no, that's Lana 
Del Rey. Yeah, Lana Del now, Rey. Yeah. There's like, for me, it sounds fucking ridiculous. I mean, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't fit. Really. Right, right, right. It's just some she's fucking doing it and yeah it just doesn't work (laughs) yeah and you know i the the thing the the thing about it when i when i heard when i first heard the song i was like why is she doing that that's like a new song and then it occurred to me like no it's like almost 25 years old now you know (laughs) shit i'm old I hate those realizations. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that that's one that's one situation where it was, you know, somebody just should have told her not to. But um again in the grocery store the other day I heard a cover of George Michael's um Faith. Was it Faith or Father Faith? Was it by uh Wimp Biscuit? <laughs> no. <laughs> They did cover yeah, Faith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, their their cover starts out like so nice, and then they just they they just limp biscuitize it, right. and it's like craziness. Well, well, I was in Meyer, um, I th- like before COVID or whatever, and I heard this obscure. 80s song and i texted my brother like right away i'm like you won't believe what the fuck i'm hearing right now in meyer it's a um song by the lightning seeds called pure and simple there is some like geeky ass college rock band um i think the song came out in like eight from either like 80 87 88 89 but it's so obscure i'm like why like how the hell did this get on the fucking playlist (laughs) right yeah right yeah that's it's that's funny have you ever like so speaking of uh meyer but when i worked at uh casas and al's they would have the like music on and when you're like stocking shelves and then blocking at the end of the evening you're like you hear these songs daily and you're like yeah god damn this is such a great song or like songs you like hate and you you uh, hate them so much that you know all the words and then you'll 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 like sing along and get pissed or not you i would i would i would get so pissed off that i would uh, memorize these songs just make fun (laughs) of them and get pissed off but there was one song song crimson and clover oh i love that song i (laughs) hated that song I hated it and and it irritated me especially the the um the like ending part oh where they do that like they voice have the warping stuff. on there and they're like yeah. Crimson and Clover. it's it got, it got on my fucking nerves until I don't know like ten years ago I was 
I thought about it and I thought, God, I fucking hated that song. I'm going to listen to it. Oh, it's fucking genius. <laughs> it's such a great song. Good. I'm glad you came I around. Think, like, I, I think I had a better appreciation for the guitar in it. And I think it, it, it just clicked. And that's funny how, how music can work like that. It just clicks. Maybe I was too young and my listening skills weren't developed. I was just hearing it. I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but that happened with um, Good Vibrations also. I thought, oh. God, I hated that song. It was just a fucking cheesy surf song, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I think I talked about it on here or I, I've told people I was mowing my backyard and I and uh, it was on my iPod uh, because I put this like 60s songs on there and and that came on and and i was too lazy to hit fast forward (laughs) and i listened to the song through headphones and it fucking blew me away yeah and then i did all this research and i'm like holy shit like that's that's fucking brilliant like why did i not like this and i mean you know that's that's why music is awesome it's always waiting for you when you're ready yeah yeah for sure um that's yeah that's true mark mark Marin always talks about on his wtf podcast how he's he's frequently late to music mm-hmm. and but then he he you know he would say that he said that for like a couple of years and then it just like occurred to him like there is no late to the party yeah. Like it's always there. You yep. just listen to it whenever, you know, and you know, that's how, that's how I feel about, you know, some, some bands that, cause you, you have a much deeper musical knowledge than I do, but you'll in every once in a while, you'll like, I'll, I'm totally going to go listen to that lightning seeds song, All right? Uh-huh. you know, afterwards just to see what it is. But, um, you know, it's always just kind of cool to, to know that, there those songs are there and, and especially now you know right 20 years ago 30 years ago it would have been harder to get your hands on these but now like if i just tell alexa to play something she chances are she's gonna play it you, you know? have the access you have the access as long as it doesn't have a curse word in it because right. she's not gonna she's not gonna say any curse words damn alexa well it, so uh when you're finished listening to that song um Listen to um, Burning Airlines Give You So Much More by Brian Eno. Okay. We'll do that. Well, speaking of in, in maybe not inappropriate, but just unusual places to hear things, I think I told you a couple years ago, I was at, at Holiday World in Southern Indiana, and they have a, you know, throughout the, it's an amusement park in Southern Indiana, and uh, uh, amusement park and also water park in one and they have speakers throughout the park that they always play music and they a couple of times a couple of different trips that i've been down there most of the music is like what you would expect 
but a, a couple of times I've heard um, How Soon Is Now by the Smiths. Okay. Which is just not music that you would expect to hear. Right, <laughs> in right. You know, like... <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said the word amusement in the Smiths <laughs> in the same sentence, right. you know? Can you, can you just imagine how pissed off Morrissey would be to know that that song is being played at a, at a, at a family amusement park? Yeah, it, it is a very strange choice. I wonder if they just had, they had the 80s yeah uh, yeah if it was just like, some uh, yeah yeah well i i know because i can see it in my mind i know one of the times was during they have this halloween fest throughout the month of october and most of the time they're playing like halloween themed songs okay. like monster mash and thriller right. and like all of this other crap and it came on during that so i i can't remember if maybe not every song is a halloween song or what right. but interesting yeah, it's just definitely not something that you're expecting to hear, but it is a good song. It is. It's a very awesome song. I <laughs> When you and I became friends in sixth grade, mm-hmm. you were a big Morrissey fan and a big fan of the Smiths. Oh, yeah. And I remember when I I found out that you liked Morrissey, I was like, are you serious? Really? Because (laughs) I had, I saw Morrissey on the tonight show. Mm -hmm. I think it was the tonight show, like a year before at my grandpa's house in Illinois. Okay. And, And I remember seeing him on there and thinking, this is the worst singer I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) And then you're like, yeah, I really like Morrissey. I'm like, shit, this dude, this dude has some weird tastes. He's like people I can't sing. Yeah, he was man, he was so good. Yeah, I mean, and I I like him now, you know, right. like I can I can totally um I probably um I haven't listened to it for a while, but for 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 a good couple of years, I was listening to um, "The More You Ignore Me, The Closer oh, yeah, I Get." Yep. Oh, one god. of the famous ones. Yeah. Oh my god, that song is so great! It is so great. I, yeah, I'm gonna listen to that one too. Um, yeah. So Morrissey, he's <laughs> he's temperamental. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, okay. What was I, that was going to segue into something else, but I don't remember what it was going to be. So never mind. I'm drinking a bottle of wine. Okay. What it, which I don't usually do. It's just an Oliver, uh, it used to be called Oliver soft red, but I think it's called Oliver sweet red. Uh, now. They changed it up. Is it the same wine though? Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's it's a very sweet like any serious wine drinker would cringe that I'm drinking this. Right. But, but but I'm not drinking it in a serious. I'm drinking it out of the bottle right. for Christ's sake. <laughs> so, you know, like I was just like, eh, I need some wine." So that's what I got. Right. And and as I was drinking it, I saw something floating in the bottom and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" 
but I think it's just the foil from the top. When I opened it, I think there was a piece of foil that dropped into it. So <laughs> I'm not too concerned about it, but if I die, let the coroner know. Okay. Yeah. That's your, that your intestine has a little piece of foil. And then you <laughs> got an infection because it like gave a little, little cut in your large intestine. The, uh, what are those called? The cilia that move your yeah. stuff along in your intestines. Man, I'm practically a doctor knowing terms like that. That's well, awesome. Especially when you're drinking. <laughs> That's responsible. <laughs> um, I think like there have been like doctors and like surgeons who who have a drug or a drinking problem that like rolled in high or hammered to a There have to right? be. I mean, that there, yeah, like, had a there have to be history or last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, the, the thing is that they're, they're probably so good that like they can do the job drunk or high. Right. You know, like they, they're like, oh, I, you know, I can sew up this torn aorta or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, although that, that was the, um, that was the storyline behind that Nicole Kidman, Alec Baldwin movie, Malice. That was the name of it, Malice. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. You, uh, you had that whole whole like uh, uh <laughs> yeah. courtroom scene memorized yeah that deposition where alec baldwin is giving his his deposition uh, yeah i memorized that for my acting class in high school i think yeah if you were looking for god on november 17th yeah god that was such a good movie i won't i won't spoil how it ends but it's definitely worth watching mm. i just Drank the piece of foil. Oh, shit. I got it out, though. I felt it. Okay. Luckily, I didn't. So that tells you that I'm at the bottom of the of the bottle. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm at a Pearl Jam show just finishing off the, the, uh, the wine as we, as we perform. All right. Um, should we call it a show or should we go into baseball? Do a little baseball. Okay. What I have on my list here to talk about is umpires are underappreciated. Okay. It's easy to rip on an umpire, but how many times have you been watching a game? Or maybe I'll just reflect this on me. I've been watching a game so many times where a play seems like bang, bang, like super close play. Right. And they get it right. Mm -hmm. Like 95% of the time they're right. And you're looking at like, you know, inches of the foot reaching the bait of the ball, reaching the player's glove before the foot reaches the base or something, Mm -hmm. you know, or they, they noticed that like a glove barely touched a guy's butt as he was sliding by or whatever, you know? And I, Pete, you know, it's accepted how good, a major league baseball player is how good at baseball they have to be to get to the majors. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think most people realize how good an umpire has to be to get to the majors. Like it's really a skill and like something that not your average Joe can do. It's pretty remarkable. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you obviously have, have to have great eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's kind of like instant replay is helpful. Okay. But the whole human element of it is part of baseball. I think so too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, what what makes it harder maybe is um, I think the, the like baseball rules is like like back like 10, 15 years ago, um, like if there was a call that was like obviously not seen by the first base umpire. Right. But the home plate umpire was like watching it and like knows it. Then they couldn't fucking talk about it. Like, right. That's what, that's what was infuriating when somebody has obvious, like they were in the right angle at the right fucking time and saw it. But you guys can't fucking talk about it and get it correct. So I think that's a part of it. And also the, you know, calling balls and strikes, which we have the, the luxury of the uh, pitcher's perspective. Like it's right. on TV. Yeah. And I mean, and then for, you know, you get these assholes like, uh, Angel Hernandez and and like Joe West who thinks people are there to watch him, yeah. right? So I mean I don't I don't think that helps either. But yeah, it's uh, it's a job that I wouldn't want because you've got to make that decision right there. Yeah. So yeah, it is hard. Yeah, and I mean it's when you're behind the plate and that ball's coming in so fast, right. you know, I took my kids to the batting cages at Ziggy's like last month. Mm-hmm. And the one batting cage is coming in at like 60 miles an hour or something. Uh-huh. And even that, like I could barely make contact with those. Mm-hmm. And when I did, it was, you know, 50% luck probably, you know, and that's it. That's at 60 miles an hour. Those guys are throwing like 30 miles an hour faster than, that, right. you know, so to be able to not only to be able to call balls and strikes on that and in a matter of like inches, you yeah. know, like two or three inches on the other side and they know it's a ball is just, it's it's remarkable to me, and I, I think that they don't get enough credit for being as good as they are, even the shitty ones, you know. Right. Um, but here's here's this week's YouTube recommendation. If you want to if you want to be entertained, look up uh, 
Joe West, Andre Dawson bat throwing for a great video where Andre Dawson gets angry at Joe West and ends up going into the dugout and throws all the bats on the field. <laughs> we might have mentioned it before, but I think so. If, but if you haven't watched yeah. it, go watch it. You'll be happy. So, all right, baseball umpires. What are you drinking? Anything good? Um, I'm j- just having some Aperol on the rocks. Nice. That's always tasty. <laughs> uh, and the rocks happen to be the best rocks out there. Laying ice. Keeping my Aperol chilled because I don't put it in the fridge because I don't have any room. So laying ice does the chilling for me. So uh, if you're out there, okay, uh, and you want the best ice possible, make your drink happy, make your mouth happy, purchase some Lang Ice. Or steal it. No, purchase it. We want to support yeah. Lang Ice. Don't steal it. Sorry. Sorry. I, I don't mean to encourage uh, miscreant behavior. Right. Um, have you considered getting like a, I don't even know, like not a, not a wine cooler, but like, are, is there alcohol that you would prefer to have chilled? Um, certainly. Um, Rillet Blanc, which is kind of like like a wine anyway. I use it as a liqueur, but I mean, it's a wine, really. Um, there's certain, yeah, I mean, there's certain things that are better chilled. And I mean, if I had a wine cooler i would use it um or or a wine fridge but but yeah i don't have one so maybe you need to make the basement into like a wine cellar maybe i do want to put a fridge in the garage that would yes that would be good we had one in there when we moved in here but it was uh reported to me that it was too old so <laughs> it was reported yeah, to you that it was going to take up too much energy yeah yeah and well that's, that's all fucking bullshit yeah <laughs> it, is. it is that that whole, you can get one of those fancy yeah that don't believe like that that fucking energy star rating and efficient appliances are so much better than the old ones because guess what they're not because because high high efficiency appliances have to run harder and they break faster okay yeah so you're pouring thousands of dollars every fucking five to eight years into a new fridge okay but the fucking one built in 1974 We'll probably keep working okay still there yeah and like overall you really aren't paying extra yeah i think uh i think the fridge at my mom and dad's house is the one that they bought in 1989 from um fredder fredder appliances fredder, wow yeah forgot about it's that. always it's always better to shop at fredder that was their tagline all right. Well, you heard it here first. Screw Energy Star Appliances. Yes. Um, tell your friends that 
in the in the breath after you tell them to listen to the next episode, which is going to be posted in a few days. But thanks for listening to this one. Uh, come back soon, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.